Save Girl Podcast. This is your host, Saj, with my co-host, Christy. Join us as we tackle the unspoken, the taboo, and the tough conversations for the modern Christian woman. What's up, Save Girl? What's going on? It is time for another episode of the Save Girl Podcast, and we're so glad you are joining us today because, man, if you are looking for a hard conversation, that's what's (laughs) happening today. Hashtag hard conversation. And this episode is entitled The Unsexy Truth. And we're diving into soul ties. So I just want you to get comfortable. If you're at home, in your car, I like to shout out everyone who listens to us on the go. But you might have to take a seat for this one because it's going to get a little uncomfortable. And we want you to be able to receive all that we have for you today and just be ready for this crazy ride that we're about to go on. For sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to hop on this podcast and to really delve into this topic because, wow, there's so much to cover and so little time. But we will give to you guys as much as we can. And feel free to leave us comments on social media or you can review us or you can send us DMs via Safe Girl Brand and just let us know what do you think because we are very excited to interact with you. This is not us shouting at the world uh, from the rooftops being like, this is our opinion and this is it. No, we want to really engage with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's the goal. And listen, this is brought to you for free. And we want you to know that all we ask is that you share this with someone, that you encourage someone to listen and just bring this to your friend group. Let them hear what you're receiving in this community with this podcast if it's blessing you allow it to bless someone else um in this conversation man i know a couple sisters who would benefit from this and who would have benefited from this maybe five years ago but we're having it today and it's so needed and christy i just want to definitely put out a warning there's going to be some words that we use that may feel abrasive or feel like you're going to clutch your pearls. But we are the modern Christian woman, which means we have taken off the robe of religion and put on the robe of relationship. And we're going to use the real terms. We're going to talk about sex, the different types of categories within sex, and all of the different nuances about soul ties. So if you have a small child or a little sister who's listening with you, this may be the episode that you keep for your sisters closer to your age. For sure, because we really want to give you the real, the raw, and the unfiltered truth. So we don't want to make anyone uncomfortable that has children or younger sister who you might have to have that conversation on the side on an, in an age-appropriate way. Exactly. This one for the grown, save girls who know what they're doing, and we sitting you down for a conversation. Let's talk real talk, sister to sister. So this conversation definitely needs to start with the definition. What is sex? Because to be able to categorize something as a soul tie, we have to first debunk the myths of this is sex, but that is not sex. Or sex can only happen if X, Y, and Z happens. And if we do this, we are not engaging in sex. But I, for me, 
when I think, okay, what is sex? How do, how would Saj define sex? For me, sex is anything that brings sexual encounter. So not just penetration, but sexual encounter, because let's be frank, you're Every type of sex or sexual position does not require penetration, Mm -hmm. but you are still engaging in a sexual encounter. Yeah, and I I agree with that because I was trying to think about how, how do we define this? How do we go about this? How do we narrow down the scope of what we say, what we say it is, what we say it isn't? And I think it's very easy to fall into Ooh, let me section off, oh, but oral isn't sex or anal isn't sex or this and that isn't sex or heavy petting isn't sex. But the thing about when you said encounter, that's when it slammed it down the path that it says it is what it is. And I've received several direct messages on Instagram asking, oh, you know, my boyfriend and I, we do this, we do that. Is that considered sex? Is this bad or is this okay? I can't even tell you how many conversations I've had with women on Instagram regarding boundaries and what actually is okay and what is not okay. So for the record, if you message me, you're going to get this answer. Any type of sexual encounter that you're having where you walk away feeling pleasured, feeling as though you received a pleasure you are engaging in sexual activity. You are engaging in sex. And I say that because what happens on the scientific side, right? Your brain starts releasing these chemicals that create this bond. See, a soul tie is not just spiritual, y'all. And that's why this conversation needs to happen because even as we got into it on Instagram this week, someone commented, and (laughs) I just think it's so funny, but someone commented, oh, soul ties aren't real. And to me, it was a a hilarious comment. Why would someone go to say that? Because they feel like it's just a spiritual thing that Christians made this thing up, soul ties. It's just a term that Christians use to date shame and relationship shame. But that's not the truth. Soul ties is definitely derived from science because when you release oxytocin after a sexual encounter, It bonds you to that person. Your brain literally associates pleasure, happiness, feeling good to that person. As toxic as they are, as non-serious as you are with them, it could be a one-night stand, a tender hookup. It could be a guy you really have a crush on. But that infatuation that we feel that obsession that we feel, those feelings of, oh, I love him, I need him. That's the oxytocin working, doing its job. God created that chemical release for marriage, but now we're bringing it into non-marital settings and we're creating bonds with people through the natural chemical releases in our bodies and we can't let them go. And the thing about it is like, I know there's going to be someone playing devil's advocate, so I'm going to play it for them. There's going to be people who say, but I'm doing stuff that I don't get a release from. It's sexual because it, it's preparing your body to have sex. Let's go to scripture. It says flee from any sense of sexual immorality, any sense, <laughs> anything, anything, anything. And they were very specific in anything. 
And it's specific for a reason. And then when you get in Thessalonians, where it talks about sanctification, right? First Thessalonians chapter four, we're starting to talk about sanctification. I'm sorry, but you can't mix sexual encounters outside of marriage and sanctification. Those two things do not go together at all, and they never will. So when I'm talking about being sanctified, being set apart, being holy, I can't engage in the way that the world is engaging. And if your dating life looks like what you're on Netflix, what you're on Tinder, what you hear your worldly friends doing, if your dating life mirrors that, then you are engaging in what the world's idea is as far as sex and dating versus what God says it is and just the weight of it all. I think a big part of it, Christy, is that sex has lost its weight. Mm-hmm. It, it no longer costs someone. And when I say costs, you feel like you're not losing anything. I can hook up with this person and never talk to them again. And it, and it doesn't matter. I have power over my body, right? I'm in control as a woman. I can choose who I sleep with. And it's turned into this power trip where women are literally being sucked in by this hot girl summer I can show my body, I can sleep with who I want because I'm a woman and it's my body, my choice. And this message has been spewed at us and made us really just numb to sexual encounters, numb to heavy petting, to oral. And we are now just open to any type of encounter that just is deemed necessary for the occasion. Mm -hmm. And let's make a distinction. Look, if you are saying, I'm not saved, I don't care about this, we understand that you do what you do because that is the flesh. But if you're saying that I am a Christian and I want to abide by Christian values, we're not talking about Christian conservative values. We're talking about Christian values, what God says, godliness. Let's put it on godliness. God says about sex, then we have to be mindful of the fact that he also has rules and regulations for us to follow. And one of those things is that he wants us to steer clear because he said any person who has anything to do with, he, he equates sexual immorality, idolatry, and covetousness, so envying other people. He equates us all as one thing. So it's just as a huge sin. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It, it, he's saying it's the condition of your heart. And mm. I know the struggle of wanting to do things, but you're not supposed to do things. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you listen to our testimonies, we've engaged quite a lot in the worldly definition of what sex is. But let's talk about soul ties then, because that's what happened. And that's the ugly truth that people don't tell you about. Is that when you do sleep around with different people, you get different soul ties. And you might be like, I don't care. I remember I used to say, I don't care. I'm fine anyway. I don't, it's all made up. And people are just trying to make a big deal out of nothing. But it's not nothing because now when I'm living for Christ and I'm dealing with memories and flashbacks of back in the day of what I did. And when I want to do something, I'm tempted by a thought of the past. That all came because there's soul ties that came in when you slept around with different people that you were not supposed to be with. Yes. And you have hit the nail on the head, Chrissy. Like this isn't a conversation for the masses. This is a conversation for the women who want to live for Christ. And I'm glad we made that distinction. And what it does when you engage with someone, now you have intertwined DNA with this person. I feel like people don't even really understand what's 
happening anymore. It's just been such a sugar-coated experience. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna sleep with this person. I'm gonna sleep with that person. Like you are intertwining intimate details about your body, yourself, your things that you like, things that you don't like, and you are swapping just DNA and saliva and all this stuff. And just for it to be someone who you never see again or someone you don't care about. But it's crazy because you're allowing them into this very intimate place. And when we say soul tie, what we're speaking to is the intertwining of the souls that happens in intimacy that was designed for marriage. And unfortunately, there's no on and off switch. Oh, you know what, God, for this sexual encounter, I'm going to turn that intertwining off and we just going to have sex. And there needs to be no spiritual intertwining. Don't make this spiritual at all. Just let this be my flesh. And unfortunately, that's not how it works. Always the spirit. That part. I think a lot of times we forget that we are spiritual beings having a bodily experience instead of just a body with a spirit. So mm-hmm. we're spiritual beings, and when God designs intimacy and sex to unite the two to become one. So when we are sleeping around with people, we're having sexual encounters with different people, we're becoming one every time with different types of people, and God never designed it to be like that, ever. Mm-mm-mm. No, he did not. And then you wonder why, oh, I have anxiety now. I never had anxiety, right? Now I'm anxious. Oh, now I have a short temper. I never had a short temper. Now I can't control my my urges. I'm dealing with masturbation or I'm dealing with sleep paralysis or I'm dealing with feeling depressed all the time. And it's like, sister, all of this is coming from you intertwining yourself with a man who is not submitting to God, a man who has not surrendered his life to Christ. And even if he has, he's still working things out. You have now made yourself his wife in the spirit. Let's be frank. That's what's happening. You have now entered into a marital act with someone who is not your husband. Yeah. And I have to realize that when I intertwined with dudes that were that are not my husband, that it opened doors to Satan to come in with different, but like you said, ideas and different temptations and different struggles that I never had. I remember this guy was like really into bisexuality and threesomes and different things like that. And then suddenly I started having urges and I was like, I know this was never my thing. This has never been my thing. But because I engaged with different people who wanted that as a, in, in their partner or their sexual partner at the time, I started digesting their spirits, their spiritual darkness and their spiritual darkness started overwhelming me. And then I was fighting different demons that I did not need to fight. That's the thing. We don't understand when we engage in premarital sex or extramarital sex, because we're not going to keep our married sisters out either. We're having Mm -hmm. fantasies, we're sleeping around or maybe engaging in emotional or sexual encounters with men. Mm-hmm. We're going to include everyone who is calling themselves a, someone who fears the Lord, who believes the Lord. Then yes, God says there is no union between Belial, which is the devil and him. So when we unite ourselves in an act that says God said was only meant for marriage, then we open up the door for Satan. He, he, he just doesn't get a foothold, but he gets a whole door to your spirit, where he will dump all the darkness. And Satan doesn't come by himself. He always travels in packs. 
So mm-hmm. he'll come up with a different demons and different struggles that you're wondering why there's always so much drama in your life. You wonder why there's financial lack in your life. You wonder why all you have is strife with your colleagues at work. Why do you feel like the evil eye is following you everywhere? It's because of that. And that's such a forgotten aspect of it, like the remnant, right? The side effects of soul tie. It feels good in the moment. It feels good to be looked at as sexy or have sex or give in to that urge because let's be honest, like we're sitting here being honest. It is hard to abstain. This is not something that is easy, but anything that is great, that is well-deserved does not come easy. It takes hard work. It takes dedication. It takes commitment. And it, the same thing for a successful marriage and a successful sexual life. It, it takes that commitment to say, you know what? As much as my flesh wants to give in and wants to hook up with this person or that person, I have made a commitment to God who is greater than my desire. I'm not trying to please people. I'm not trying to please my parents. I'm not trying to please the pastor. I'm trying to please God because his word is very clear. In Hebrews 13 verse 4, it says, marriage is to be held in honor among all. In the Amplified Version, it says that is regarded as something of great value and the marriage bed undefiled by immorality or by any sexual sin. Why? Because God will judge the sexual, immoral, and adulterous. I don't want to be on the judgment side of that. I want to be on the honor side of that. And you have to make a choice, sister. Do you want to be on the judgment side or the honor side? Marriage is the honorable side. Sexual immorality and adulterous behavior is on the judgment side. And you are subject to being under the scrutiny and consequences of your own actions. You gave room to the devil, like you said, Christy. You opened that door and we opened that door and then we start feeling crazy and saying, oh God, heal me from feeling anxious. Meanwhile, every night you're sleeping with a man who is riddled with anxiety. Where do we own up to our own stuff and stop saying, oh God, can you save me from this and save me from that? When if we really committed ourselves to abstinence, a lot of the things we deal with would go away. Yeah. And I can attest to that because I remember going through the period where I was sleeping around and then going through a sanctification process back of restoration of myself and going becoming celibate again and, and, and having to deal with all the different emotions and all the trash that I had allowed in my spirit. And God had to purify me of that. But now I'm in a great space where I don't struggle anymore with different things. I don't struggle with masturbation. I don't struggle with a lot of different things because it's gone because God delivered me from it. And a lot of times we're wondering like, why? Why God, like you said, why God won't you help me? No, help yourself first. Help yourself first. Again, girl, that sounds like a freedom song. Help yourself first. Yeah. That has to be what we live by. Yeah. And how about you, Sash? Because I saw the difference from going through sleeping around to celibate. How was it for you from going to sleeping around to celibacy to being married? And what's the difference for you now? Oh, my God. I wish we had an hour, but I'm going to give you guys the short version. Listen, so before before giving my life and my body to Christ, when I was doing what I wanted to do, the, the, 
the thing for me is that I was always like, I, I, if I reflect on myself, I feel like I always had a good heart. Like I wasn't the person who was like super mean or like just angry or something. And then when God saved me, I became this kind person. I, I feel like I was always kind and I was a sucker for love. So even when I was dating before Christ, I wanted to be in a relationship. I was never trying to hook up or just like sleep around. Yet in college, I was a little bit crazy. But for the most part, I wanted to be with that guy. I genuinely liked someone if I slept with them. But what I found was that that wasn't always reciprocated. And that hurt. Like to give yourself to somebody and thinking like, oh, it's cool. Like he likes me. I like him. This is cool. And then you sleep together two or three times and then he ghosts you because all he wanted was sex. That sucked. And I experienced that a couple of times while I was dating in the world. And then other times where I'm like sleeping with guys and I'm doing all this stuff for them, living with them, spending my money, cooking, cleaning, being there as if I'm a wife. Meanwhile, I'm not being treated as a wife. So there's all this stuff that like gets looped into this dating and sexual stuff before marriage. And all of it let me down. I always left feeling empty, feeling like, why isn't this working out? Why isn't that working out? And then when I gave my life to Christ, I remember two months before I gave my life to Christ, I was still in a, dealing with a long-term relationship. And when we would have sex, I would just start crying after because God was working on my heart and I felt him working on my heart, but I was resisting him. And when I was resisting him, like I would still engage with my ex and then just end up crying after because immediately the conviction set in, like it wasn't even worth it. And I remember him looking at me like, what's wrong with you? And I would be like, nothing, nothing's wrong. But deep down, my heart was feeling broken because I would go to church on Sunday and cry to God, oh, I want to save myself. And then I would leave and then sleep with my ex. So then when I like fully said yes on May 20th, 2018, I'll never forget. That was when I was like, oh, I'm not going back to my ex. I'm giving my life to you, God. I'm not doing this anymore. And I was still struggling with masturbation, but I started like putting little scriptures on my headboard and deleting like old links off my phone. Cause y'all, I was the porn queen. Like I knew all the websites. I knew how to watch videos for free. I knew where the best videos were because it was normal to me. It was something that was fine. So I had to unlearn all of that. And this is something that I wanted to bring home for all my sisters listening. The deeper you go into this sexual world, the more work you have to do to unlearn it when you come to Christ. See, the more porn you watch now, the harder it is going to be for God to renew that mind. Because porn images take a long time to be removed from the brain. So I want you guys to know that this is not me saying, like, I'm not judging. I'm speaking from a place where I know the work it took. And if you can just do half the work, sis, do half the work. You don't want to have to do all this work that, that me and Christy are talking about. Mm -hmm. But if you are already here, this is the truth, right? So then 
I'm giving my life to Christ, right? And I go on a date like six months into my commitment to the Lord. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I can do this. And the guy was handsome, took me out. And there was definitely sexual attraction there. And now, so this is my first time feeling sexual attraction while trying to fully commit my purity to the Lord. And it's like your brain is firing like, oh yeah, this is cool. This feels good. Like he's handsome. This could be something. But then the spirit in you is like, don't go down that road. Don't go down that road. Like you want marriage. You don't want instant gratification. You want marriage. You want something sustainable. You want covenant. You want covering. Remember those things you you prayed about? So there's this war going on, this war happening. And I remember I ended up going back to his place. And let me tell y'all something. I'm sharing this because the devil, he is very shrewd. Like he does not want you to win in this battle of purity. And the minute you open the door to him is the minute he will try to ravage you. He will seek out whom he can devour. And when I went back to his room, Christy, mm-hmm. we were supposed to just hang out. Literally, I almost, if I was not as strong as I was, because I worked out every day, that was a big outlet for me. Sideline, if you're struggling with not masturbating and not having sex, go to the gym. I was in the gym every day because I needed to release that energy. And he tried to rape me. Mm-mm. Yes. He tried to rape me. He went in the bathroom and he came out and he had only his boxers on. And the the problem was, see, I was I thought we were going to his apartment, but then you get there and it's a studio. So it's an apartment, but you're automatically in his bedroom. No, no. And I remember immediately regretting saying yes to come up to his place and I literally had to fight him off of me. And it was just a moment where I was like, wow, the enemy, like I opened the door to him and and this is how he came. He came in guns blazing. And when I finally got out of, girl, when I finally got out of there, I was a mess. I was crying. I went to my car and I was just like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And the the crazy thing about it though, Christy, is he texted me, called me, apologized, said he was moving too fast and he wanted to see me again. And I never saw him again, but we talked on the phone one time and it was just, it was immediately sexual again. And I was like, okay, like this is a familiar spirit. This is a soul tie trying to be created. This is the enemy trying to come back in and I have to pass this test. Yes. I have to pass this test. So I blocked him on everything and I walked away. Fantastic. Ooh, and that was the in the in between, right? Because see, you asked me before, God, dating in Christ and then now being married. So for all my sisters who are in Christ trying to date and are making mistakes, just know I was there. But you have to be strong enough to see it for what it is. 
before you end up having sex, before you end up in a dangerous situation, before you end up heavy petting with somebody and then fighting off sexual demons in your sleep, before it gets there. Because then I had to cleanse my mind and my body from all that and really get my, my mind focused. And when I dated once more, this guy, he respected my boundaries, but it was a lot of heavy petting. Mm. Like to the point where it was like my body was so prepared to engage in sex. It was like your heart and your mind are already there. Your body's already ready. The only thing you're missing is the act. So at that point, biblically, technically, I'm already sinning. So this, I share this with you guys because this is not a cakewalk, but you have to grow stronger and you have to grow more accountable to the spirit. And God was clear with me with that second relationship. He said, you, that's not your husband. And I ended things. I ended it that day when God said, end it now. I broke up with him, blocked him. And I said, you know what, God? I'm giving my life, my body, and everything to you. I'm not going to try to convince a man to be pure with me because that's what I was doing. The heavy petting happened because I was abstinent and he was trying to figure out what he could and couldn't, not because he supported me, but because he tried to figure out where he could get in, where he could fit in. And mm. I'm like, that's not courtship. That's not what God intended for me, for a man to try to do the bare minimum. No. And then two months later, two months of me not masturbating, not looking for love, not looking for relationships, committing myself to keeping those old things out, I met Ed. And then dating Ed, I did not kiss him at all. There was no petting, no touching, because what I learned about myself for the the year and a half before him and the year of us dating, I knew that I had engaged in a lot of sexual activity. And because my flesh was awakened in that way, my flesh had a tendency to lean towards those behaviors. So what do I do? I subdue it. I capture it. And in this dating relationship with me and Ed, Flesh, you're not going to get a chance to try to take over. I'm not even going to allow us to kiss on the lips because if we kiss on the lips, my flesh might get a little aroused. And I didn't even want to give it any power. And I truly believe that's what kept us. That is what kept us and got us to the altar. Mm. Amen. I know a lot of you are probably shocked and being like, oh, you can't kiss, you can't do anything. We're not saying, we're saying what her personal conviction was. You have to follow your spiritual convictions with the Lord. But for you to have spiritual convictions, aka you need to be in a position to listen to the Lord and actually hear him. If you are engaging in premarital or extramarital sex, you are not in a position to hear from the Lord. Ooh, say that again. That's so good. If you are engaging in extramarital or premarital relations or encounters, you are not in a position to hear from the Lord. You might think you're hearing from the Lord, but you might be hearing from the flesh. You might be hearing from the devil and the sound of God, the 
the, the intimacy of it, the Holy Spirit, you're missing that part. And before you want to come from my head being like, no, I hear the Lord, la, la, la. I don't care what you say, la, di, la. <laughs> I get you, sis, but I'm talking out of personal experience. Let him know. I'm talking out of personal experience. I thought that I heard the Lord when I was doing what I was doing. Girl, no. Now that I'm like in the sanctification mode, where I'm like abiding by what the Lord has asked me to do, that I was just telling Sash off camera that I was like, the accuracy with, with the of the words that God gives to me now is insane because they're on point for me, for the people I speak them to and the people who come to me, the words that I, I, I get are super accurate. And I don't have to wonder if it's the Lord or not because I know in my spirit, because I have intimacy with the Holy Spirit, instead of having intimacy with the flesh or with the flesh of someone else, I have intimacy with the spirit. So I know what words are from him and what is from Satan or the flesh. That's what we're saying. Instead of you crying out and looking for prophets, books, seminars, God knows what, what, what else you're trying to find God in. We're not saying there's anything wrong with it. We're just saying when you have intimacy with the spirit, those things are additions. They are not your food. They are not your meats. And that's why we have the conference going from milk to meat mm -hmm. because we have to go from milk to meat. Milk is getting word from other people, trying to figure out if you heard something or something like that. Meat is knowing in your spirit, from the depth of your spirit, that the Lord spoke a word unto you and it's true. And there's nothing actually trying to interfere with it because now I get word. I don't have interference. Mm. There's no shh. White noise. White noise. Wow. No white noise. I'm super clear. And when you were saying that, Christy, I was thinking of the people who say, oh, I know this is my wife or I know this is my husband, but what you're really hearing is your flesh. You think that God is telling you, oh, this is your spouse, but it's not. And so many people I know have married people of the flesh and they wonder why three years later, four years later, they're going to divorce court because it was not God in the first place. And we love putting God's name on everything as if, He's, we can just put a stamp of approval without consulting him. No. Did God really say that? Did you seek him? Did both of you pray? And I'm going to say this real quick, even though this is off topic, but because we're here, I'm going to park it for one second. If you hear from the Lord that this is your spouse, do not run to them and say, oh, God told me you're my spouse. Because that's a form of manipulation. If God has called them to be your spouse, you will both naturally come to that conclusion. Now, if God speaks it to you first, then continue to pray for your significant other that God reveals it to them as well. But for you to say, oh, God told me you're my wife, because I've heard it. Some sisters have come to me saying, today I was at the mall and a man came up to me and said that God told him I'm his wife. Sis, do not fall for that. Do not go into that trap because what he is speaking of is his flesh. And even if God did tell him, that should not be what he's leading with. He should say, hey, I would love to get to know you. Do you want to go on a date? And you naturally get to that conclusion through the process. But like, I'm tired of people putting God's name on everything and using him as a wingman using him as a scapegoat. No, that's not how it works. Yeah, I agree. But the thing about it is like, I, I remember having 
when I was in the flesh, I got word a couple of times being like, maybe that's my husband. Maybe that's this, but it's the flesh. God will do what he wants to do. And if he's going to give you a word that that's your husband or if that's your wife, God will confirm it over and over and over again. Yes. Agreed. But it's not about you wanting to manipulate the situation. He will confirm it over and over again. You don't have to do anything. And like you said, you will naturally grow towards each other. Exactly. For our sisters and brothers who are dealing with the weight and the attachment of soul ties and are feeling, even throughout this conversation, the conviction of, wow, yes, I'm entangled with a soul tie. I have a soul tie that I can't get rid of. Involved in a relationship that is built on a soul tie. I want to say to be encouraged first. Because a soul tie doesn't just necessarily have to be sexual as well. You could be in a soul tie. You could have a soul tie with your parents, with your church leadership, soul tie with a platonic friend. Anything that is built on your own accord and not holy and godly. If you are dealing with this, if this is something that is plaguing you or that you're trying to get rid of, I really suggest you go on a consecration. And the difference between a fast and a consecration is in a consecration, you are giving God everything. You are giving him not just a certain amount of time, but it's a sustained period of time. And the thing with soul ties is you need that sustained period of time to undo this addiction, to undo this stronghold, because it cannot just be undone in a moment's time. This is something that has been done spiritually, so it has to be undone spiritually. And therefore, you need to do the work spiritually to untie it and to sever it and to make sure that it does not reconnect and making sure that you devote time reading your word, turning your plate over, sacrificing things that activate your flesh, whether it's certain foods, certain TV shows, certain music, certain books, uh, social media, all of that encompassed with sacrificing your time, your food, your plate to the Lord and submitting that soul tie before him, confessing to him, God, I did this with my flesh. God, I have sinned. I have fallen short, but I'm coming to you in hopes that you will give me grace, that you will break the soul tie, that you're consuming fire, like it says in Hebrews, one of my favorite books of the Bible, the consuming fire of God will burn up that soul tie and it will no longer have the power over you to control the way you think, to control your desires, your self-control. It will no longer have a grip over you and you will be able to hear clearly. Like Christy said, you will be able to hear clearly what God is saying. It will unblock the wax that has built up. It will unblock the muzzle that has been placed on you. It will unblock the flow that from the Holy Spirit that cannot move because you are stuck in a relationship. You are stuck in bondage. You are stuck in a tie with someone. And this could be a relationship from 15 years ago. Someone you slept with and they still have a part of you. 
But today we're going back and saying, you know what? I am reclaiming my soul. I am reclaiming every part of myself that I have divided up for people, for relationships, for sex, and I'm reclaiming it today. Today is the day, sisters. Today is the day, Save Girl community, that we are reclaiming every part of our soul that we may have dispatched and given out freely not realizing that it was a soul tie we were attaching ourselves. Amen. Yeah, but unfortunately, our time is up. But fortunately for all our Patreon members, thank you so much to you guys for subscribing there. But we really appreciate you because that's how we stay in our air. We're going to continue this conversation unfiltered so you don't want to miss this. Oh, yeah, because I got some more to say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, because we're going to talk about masturbation, porn, pornography, dating, staying holy. All of that is in our unfiltered conversation. So, yeah, let's keep this going. If you enjoyed what you sure you stay connected, follow Christy at her underscore promised land and Saj at Save Girl Brand on Instagram. If you want to hear more unfiltered conversations, head over to patreon.com slash Save Brand for devotionals, uncut footage and more exclusive content and remember we got you no woman left behind